Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www3 There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and together? you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. The Yes, here with Annie. What a great crossover. Uh, Showreel, we're talking uh, very important stuff that's happening tonight. Uh, Setting Sun Film Festival. And uh, who have we got on the line here? We've got Anna Brazoukas. G'day, Anna. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Um, I'm so pleased that uh, it's bigger and better and it's still there. Setting Sun Film Festival. We rem- Do you remember when we first spoke? I know. We were just talking about what its aims were and... Um yeah, I know, and here we are five years later, and it's really it's really grown and come a long way. Thank you for your part, support with that. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, there's a whole range of... Uh, tonight, is, to remind uh, listeners, is the opening night, a big gala event. It is. It's, it, is a bit, um, a bit, it is a big event. So, yeah, we have um, popcorn and a free glass of champagne for everybody, and, um, yeah, we, we give out the awards for quite a few of the... A few of the filmmakers, and um, we watch sort of the finalists and the winners. It's it's always really good fun, though. People really look forward to it. And it's obvious. And for me, I guess it's like the beginning of starting to relax. Everything sort of builds up to opening night and that moment. And then the minute it's over, everything else just gets a bit easier. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and it's um, of course it's down at the Sun Theatre in Yarraville, which is which is a great venue. It's absolutely divine. Um, very beloved, and it's a it's an icon here. It's like, it has iconic status here in the western suburbs, and they're a very beloved and um, interactive community participant. Um, a, a lot more than other theatres. Well, I think that's why people love them so much. Yeah, well, it's beautiful, and it's also in Yarraville. It's it's almost like a, a suburb where time stood still because it's a working walking suburb, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite amazing, yep. and it, it feel it perfect as a centerpiece for the Setting Sun Festival, which is of course the largest short film festival in the west of Melbourne. Yeah, it is, and also feature now. Oh, features! So as well. we're showing a feature tomorrow night. Yeah, called French. Um, that's sold out though, but that's um, they've got other screenings. If people go to their Facebook page, they can stay up to date. We've got a pretty full program. We've got um, most sessions are sold out or, or close to selling out so it's probably a good idea for people to to book um, if they want to come down but we've got a female mate female female filmmakers program on um, Sunday at three o'clock and we uh, that's sponsored by Sue Maslin who's a film producer and she donates a thousand dollars to a prize winner so we unveil who the winner is 
Um, we also have a free kids program on um, on the Saturday morning at 10am at the Sun Theatre. We also have the Rising Sun program, which is the top 10 Victoria University filmmakers. So um, that's on at um, 12 o'clock Sunday. So we've got some really cracking little films made by VCE students. Um, and we hand out, you know, the... They all get a they all get a masterclass prize and a trophy, and we actually unveil who the best winner is. And then we've got a few short film programs after that, and then another one on Monday. So, so it's five days, pretty, pretty eighty cool. films. Five days, eighty films. Yeah, so jam packed. Jam packed. Fantastic Something for everyone. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very impressive stuff what, that you, you that you've come up with, and uh, not to mention that uh, basically it uh, supports uh, Melbourne filmmaking and uh, uh, the West in particular. A yes. focus on the West. Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it it did used to, um, but. It, it's just getting so tongue tied now, but yeah, it also focuses, um, you know, on every on everyone. We've got it; it's open now. It used to be that we had this section that was just for the western suburbs when it started, because there wasn't a film festival here. But because we got so many um, entrants entering in the open categories, and they at last year, I think two thirds of our entries came from the open category. So we've made the festival, uh, all the awards, completely open. Um, except for one. We have one now for Best West still, just to sort of a, as a nod to the past. And also there's, of course, uh, the Victorian uh, University, which is a sponsor, their filmmaking students, as well as local secondary schools, which is, of course, a, a method of making sure that uh, uh, the future is uh, future filmmakers are actually being supported. Yeah, they, uh, Victoria University have a... Bachelor of Arts Screen Media. They're actually the festival um, partner and they've been sponsoring the Secondary School Filmmakers Program, so which has grown uh, um, in the last couple of years. Uh, so that to, to the extent that this year we've been able to offer two secondary school film programs, which we've never done before. We've always... Um, we, you know, last year was the first year we had enough films and I think it, with their support we had enough films to offer us solid secondary school um, program and this year we're offering two, so we're very grateful for their support um, and their um, commitment to secondary school kids yeah, and helping them develop in film, it's, it's helping great. them with their careers. Everything yes. about it's great. I'm, uh, it, there's so oh, many di- different sorts of awards, and you want people to go down there. You, as you said, that the tickets are pretty hot. Um, where, how would people book if they wanted to get in, involved? Um, you can. You can you can um, probably the easiest thing to do is go straight to the Sun Theatre website. Uh, all the programs are up; they've all got different names, and just sort of have a look through. You can download a festival program from our website, which is settingsun.com.au, um, or you can and, and actually have a look through the programs. And there there are hyperlinks in the program that will take you straight to the ticketing pages, or you can go straight to the Sun Theatre reception and um, book tickets there. Thanks for talking to us today. And good luck Thank for tonight. You. Thank you. See you Saturday. Yeah, certainly. And that was Anna Brazoukas from the Setting Sun Film Festival, which is just going from strength to strength. As they say, five days, 80 films. Be in it or be square. <laughs> 
tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. You're on Showreel with Annie, and uh, I had a chat with uh, the director, John V. Soto. What a great name, John V. Soto. And he's got this great film out called The Gateway. It is probably one of the very few Australian sci-fi films. He is, uh, and he will tell you about this, because he's got a pretty interesting and successful uh, career in um keeping people on the edge of their seats. Anyway, let's go on to hear about John V. Soto and his film, The Gateway. Okay, well, uh, Gateway is actually a very uh, um, interesting and uh, quite, oh, I quite enjoyed the film, I'll have to say. So you, you've uh, got a track record of um, doing thrillers and uh, slightly offbeat films, haven't you? Yeah, I do. I uh, My first film was a film called Crush, uh, which actually I co-directed that one. Um, and that was about a uh, young um, ends up having a relationship with a with a woman who turns out to be a ghost. <laughs> That's my first. Um, yes, I did Crush. I did a film called Needle, which had Ben Mendelsohn in it and Travis Fimmel. Um, then I did The Reckoning, crime thriller. And then recently, yeah, The Gateway is my latest film, which is science fiction. Yes. So uh, are there similarities to creating suspense in all all forms? There is, yeah. So all four of the films are thriller-based or suspense-based movies. Um, so I think um, The Gateway is probably more of a drama. The theme of The Gateway is, you know, how far would you go... Um, uh, to say, you know, the one you love, or what would you do to bring back someone? That- and it does have a certain feel of um, sort of a 1950s uh, teasing short story, the ones that they used to have in those magazines that they uh, sold a lot of in America at that time. It's got that sort of aspect yeah. to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, there's a, you know, there is a little bit of sort of retro elements in, this, in the story, Um but, you know, I, mean, I guess you could say that's the production design of the movie has those sort of retro elements. You know, what, what I was intending to do was I didn't want to make a film or have the film look like it was so far advanced in the future it didn't feel relatable. So I wanted to make it look like it was maybe five or ten years, five years' time or ten years' time technology-wise. So it's all, everything in the labs is kind of like technology we've got today. And as a point, um, just as a little note, um, teleportation, believe it or not, is actually there are teleportation experiments happening in various universities right now. And, uh, in fact, the Chinese research lab teleported a particle to a satellite. Wow. um, Yeah, that's, I, you know, it's incredible. I mean, in fact, there's a mention of uh, Star Trek. So uh, were you a Star Trek kid? Is that that something that uh, really set you on fire? Um, I am a Trekkie. <laughs> I do love I love Star Trek. I mean, Star Trek is awesome. I mean, even the original series was awesome because every episode is like a 
that have like a you know like interesting problem with an with a new theme, and um, they got to explore different elements of humanity. So that's what I enjoy about that series. But I'm a big fan of you know any 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 science fiction, like um, you know Battlestar Galactica, anything new. I mean obviously all the Star Wars you know films I like. Um, all the older ones, the classic ones I prefer. Yeah, I'm a big fan of directors like you know Ridley Scott with Blade Runner and. Cameron with Terminator, Spielberg with Minority Report. So, yeah, I'm also not just a lover of movies, but I like reading science fiction. So, um, you know, Douglas Adams with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Isaac Asimov, Arthur C. Clarke, across, all the, across the genre quite heavily. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, it shows. It's funny, you know, because I was watching it, and, of course, the notions, some of the notions at the beginning, uh, I was thinking, because I, I, like I like a good bit of um, science fiction as well, and uh, I thought, you know, well, maybe this is uh, a bit slow to begin with, you know, and maybe this is a fairly ordinary idea. But then, actually, as you said, it being a drama and actually the uh, interplay between the characters, it became quite gripping, I'll have to say. Very, very gripping. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah, go on. That, that, that was planned. <laughs> I mean, essentially, I was setting up the film, setting up the characters, setting up the world. And um, as the film progressed, the stakes are raised and it becomes more dramatic and a bit more thrilling. More, you know, more suspense and more thrilling as as the film progresses. Yeah, I guess from a lot of people, so it takes them by surprise because there's obviously a plot movement where you know one of the characters gets killed, and then all of a sudden, from that point, uh, obviously the the uh, protagonist, um, Jacqueline Mackenzie, um, she has you know she's a grieving bang or into the um, to, into the science adventure. Yeah, and and uh, one of the things that's great about the film is uh, the level of emotional. My sense of emotional sort of volcanicness uh, started to rise and rise in me as I as I was an, analysing the feelings that yeah. would have gone with it. So it was quite successful. Wonderful, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's um, what we wanted to do is a lot of science fiction um, movies and TV are primarily male orientated with a leading man. So hey, let's do something different. Let's have a female lead. So, um, yeah, we wanted to have a female scientist and we wanted to kind of flip the element of a, I guess, obsession in the film, which, which comes out from her um, the husband. Yeah, we wanted to flip that a little bit and make it like a weight of attraction and sort of to spice up the drama and the excitement in the movie. And uh, you lead perfectly into the next question of course which is your wonderful choice of actors yes I was uh, really lucky to secure Jacqueline for the movie I was also very lucky that she was in a she was in a TV show in the US called the 4400 I know and it was really great and then they stopped making it and I thought that's really mean of them yeah it was it was and um, yeah so I mean it ran it ran around about five years in the US so it was very successful What's interesting is that because she's done a, a sci-fi series before, she's open to sci-fi movies. And what what I have found is that actors, Australian actors, serious, you know, like veteran or well, highly experienced Australian actors, are very cautious of of being involved in a genre film like a, a sci-fi movie or or horror or supernatural thriller. What, do they think it's silly or something? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, no, I think there's just caution. I guess they're concerned. They might look. Yeah, they could look silly in the film or something. I don't know what it is. Just a fear of a fear of the unknown, I guess. But Jacqueline was like, um, uh, when she heard it was sci-fi, she's like, okay, that's interesting. Australian sci-fi because there's not a lot of Australian sci-fi films that have been made, and we're the first one to go into the parallel worlds and teleportation kind of. A um, but yeah, so she. Uh, she read the script, loved it, and um, she was on board. Mm. And then, as long as we had Jacqueline, it was finding the leading man, and um, not leading man, the, uh, one of the main actors, because she's... Um, I saw an actor, I saw a film called Drift, and there was a guy called Miles Pollard in that, and he's best known for um, McLeod's Daughters. And... I, I watched Drift and I thought, gee, that's, he's a really good actor. And then um, when it came to finding an actor that could play two roles, because he plays the same role but two different characters. I know, and he plays a really, really nice guy and a really, really awful guy. He's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really hard. It, you know, people go, oh, that's easy. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. You know, it's really... No, it's not. It's the exact opposite. I think that the difference is that when you, you can play two characters in the same film, but quite often you look different and they wear different different um, outfits and they have different, maybe it's different makeup. But in, in this film, it's the same, but the character has to look the same because he's come from a parallel world. So where it gets complicated is when you're shooting a scene, um, when you're shooting scenes back to back, because we're, we're a low budget film, all of good maps scenes in one go and then, then go on to bad match scenes. We've got, to, we've got to shoot on some days, you know, we might shoot a scene in the lounge room where it's good mat, we might shoot a scene in a bedroom when it's bad mat, and then go back to the, the lounge room and shoot bad mat there and go back to the bedroom and shoot good mat. And, and so for the actor, that's very challenging, remembering, you know, we, we, had, we were moving fast, we, you know, we weren't sitting there you know, lattes and chatting about things. We were we were just working so hard and so quickly uh, to to get the film uh, in the can. So um, yeah, he he delivered. He was incredible. Yeah, you know, he really is incredibly believable. And I'll, and uh, one of the things about Jacqueline McKenzie as an actor is uh, her incredible level of expressiveness. There's that sequence when uh, he comes and the kids meet him and it goes into a slight slow motion and the uh, uh, the way she looks and stuff, that that is a really masterful piece of uh, filmmaking, I thought. It was, yeah. And um, that was, I, I wanted to have cover that shot, uh, that, that sequence in like one continuous shot so it felt, um, didn't feel like there was cuts, like it felt really... Emotional. Emotional, yeah, conveys the emotion. And the, made, and the composer, Thomas Rout, did an amazing job on the score for that scene. But Jacqueline, because um, we didn't just shoot that once, we had to do a number of, it's a um, steady cam shot. And um, she she delivered each time. She delivered on each time. But there are beats. So we had to, like, map out where the actors were and map out where she's going to walk and where he's going to, which, you know, which child child comes down first and, she, and he hugs one child and looks across at her and all this sort of stuff. We had to map all that out and we had to shoot it and Jacqueline was just bang. She was there when um, she just goes, she just disappears into the character 
and yeah, she becomes very. Uh, she's very good at expressing um, emotion through her eyes. Yeah, she's really good. And, uh, Really good. It was it was masterful. I I I'm, I take my hat off to you. It was very good. And it was at that point where the uh, caliber of the film for me just went up notches and notches. It was it was very clever film. Yeah, very clever film. Um, the uh, and and of course I have to say, are you going to make a TV series? <laughs> well, that would be the dream. You know, it's um, what's what's um. What we have found is that it's been getting a great reception actually all around the world. So it's been selected for a lot of sci-fi festivals. So sci-fi fans are really starting to appreciate the film. Uh, we just got into the London Sci-Fi Film Ooh. Festival, biggest one in the UK. And we were previously selected for the Boston Sci-Fi Festival and also um, uh, Austin Revolution in Texas and also Film Quest. And... Every time we had a screening, uh, we, we, I have people saying, oh, you've got to do a sequel. You've got to keep... We want to know what happened. You know, does she go across? Does she find... Oh, actually, I won't give away too much. No, no, don't tell me because actually when... Because I read quite a lot and... Um, uh, I went back... Uh, I was actually... It's got this fabulous... Because you wrote this, didn't you? Yeah, I co-wrote that with Michael White, yeah. Yeah, right. So you guys left uh, at least three pieces of evidence that showed she was not in the same place. But we didn't That's appreciate right. that until... I mean, sorry, spoiler alert, sorry. But, I mean, you have to go and see it to understand what I'm talking about. But you you were very clever in your writing. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of drafts. So we wrote uh, about eight, nine drafts of the script um, and... I have to tell you, it does your head in, remembering which characters you were writing for in which world at what time. And, oh, my God, like for both of us, we were getting headaches from it because I ended up having to plot it out. Mm. Like a, I had, like, a timeline thing, and I had to plot out the two different timelines. In fact, there were three different timelines at one stage in different, like, different worlds. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, what's interesting is you can do that. You can write it in the script and then... You can, you know, shoot it and then you can be in the editing room and then you can be going, oh, my God, we've, we've forgotten that or we got that wrong and then you're done. So it's <laughs> like a, it is a, um, but we, you know, we managed to pull it off and a lot of people, they watch the film and they see, and they, I guess they don't appreciate the, um, you know, the late nights that myself and Rick Michael had figuring all this stuff out and also... Uh, the edit, in the editing process, when, when I was editing the film, with this editor, uh, his name's Reg Schwarko, he's just brilliant. You know, we had quite a few late nights cutting and recutting and recutting the film because we didn't want to make the film too sciencey. We mm. cut out, we had to cut back, trim back the science because, um, you know, have an engaging story and the, and the science elements sort of come through organically through the story rather than be told. So, yeah. That was the hard thing, balancing the science and the storyline. Mm. I uh, love the interiors of the houses. I presume they're people you know. <laughs> yeah, now we've got to sort of stretch out every cent we could. So we scouted, like all the locations were, um, I spent a lot of time scouting and looking for the biggest production values I can get. <laughs> and um, and that's why, in fact, that's why I chose this story because, I, you know, I 
when my co-writer and I were brainstorming ideas for the movie, we knew for, for a movie, for a sci-fi movie, we couldn't set it on Mars and we can't set it in a, on a space station because we couldn't afford the sets so, or the or visual effects. So we, that's where we decided upon either a time travel movie or something different. And then we realised um, that, you know, Infinite Man did a great job of time travel and there's obviously Looper and there's so many time travel movies. And, and I thought to myself, I wanted something that was not involving time travel, it was just fresh, kind of reinvented. And that's where um, the teleportation and the parallel world part. And as far as I know, we're the only Australian film to have done that. So uh, we're the first. Yeah, you're the first. And it's showing in Melbourne anyway, May the 3rd at the Lido it starts and the classic in Alstonwick. Yes, that's really exciting. Yeah, I'm, 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 hopefully your, your your listeners will come down and um, support the movie, support Australian science fiction because you know, we all need all the help we can get. <laughs> thanks very much. No worries. Thanks, Annie. Great talking with you. You too. Bye. Sydney Road Brunswick Short Film Competition is on again this April. Come and see the entries, all competing for $5,000 in prize money in Sydney Road Open category and music videos, along with highlights from previous years. Screening at Sydney Road Venues, Biff Tannen's Bar on the 24th and Barclay Square Laneway on the 19th, with the final and winners announced at the Brunswick Mechanics Institute on Friday, April 27th at 7pm. Free entry and just a $5 donation for the final night. For more info, head to sydneyroad.com.au. The Sydney Road Brunswick Short Film Competition is a 3CR supporter. And yes, the Sydney Road Film Festival does finish tomorrow. Go down to the uh, Sydney Sydney Road uh, uh, Mechanics Institute 7pm and you will hear who the winners are. And $5,000 is not a prize to be sneezed at. Now that's the end of uh, Showreel. Coming up next is Published or Not. Uh, don't forget The Gateway. It starts May the 3rd down at... Uh, the Lido in uh, Hawthorne or Alstonwick, the classic. The classic's always a lovely place to go. If you live on this side of town, it's always nice to go and see what how the other half live. Go and have a look. Go out there and check it out because it's worthwhile. And, of course, the classic's right beside uh, the vodka bar, which is also quite nice. Anyway, I'm I'm off and we'll go out and you'll hear a little bit more of the Andalusa Ben King and the Hemingway uh, Company, because it's fabulous. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.